Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. One day they'll tell a story and some will say it was just a fairy tale. Everything you said is true. Absolutely true. 14 years as Charlotte Mayor. Always given, never taken. But you're having fun. I know I'm, you are. I'm having a good time with Bo Thompson. Somewhere yes. between the right and the left, there's the middle. Four years as NC Governor. This is the best of America. God bless you. Behind the scenes conversations. You can't handle the truth. No talking points. Hey, Pat, it's Donald, and I just want to tell you to keep up the good work. We're proud of you. Perspective you won't find anywhere else. Don't put your stupid hat on. WBT presents. It's time for a Carolina comeback. The Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson. I always go right, guys. (laughs) Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. No pills gonna cure my. Oh, Bo Thompson, we missed you yesterday. You'll never guess where I was. Where? I kid you not. What? Don't kid me not. I was recovering from my weekend hiking in the woods with the Boy Scouts. You're a great dad. You're a Boy Scout. You're a great dad. You're a great husband. You're a Boy Scout. You're perfect. I hate you. (laughs) Well, here's what I've discovered. What? We were in the uh, beautiful Uari National Forest. That is beautiful. Saturday and Sunday. Mm -hmm. We we hiked about uh, 11 miles Mm -hmm. over the two-day period. And and what I finally learned, having been the father to a Boy Scout Mm -hmm. uh, for about uh, six, seven years, is I need a day to recover after I do that. (laughs) Don't you know there are no vacations in radio? There are no days to recover in radio. Yeah, what was last Unless you're a Boy Scout. What was last Tuesday like in here? I believe I did that show solo. No, I was uh, I was sick. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good to be back. Well, it's good to have you back. I, I tried to hang on to Brent Jensen yesterday, and we had fun. We had a lot of fun yesterday. We talked bad about you. We don't know if you heard us talking bad about you, but we did. I took uh, no, advantage I, of you not being here. Uh, if there's one thing I've also learned is that when I take a day off, I don't listen to the radio. That was a smart move on yes. your part. Yeah. You know, I got a call uh yesterday and said hey you can come in and take the shot we got an opening at my drugstore so i said are you kidding they said no come on in at 11 o'clock and we have people not showing up you can get a shot because you're in your 65th year i'm not quite 65 but i'm in my 65th year i turned 65 this year i know that's hard to believe no wait a minute wait a minute is this wait let's do this the right way here Breaking news. Breaking news. A partially vaccinated Pat McCrory is hosting the show today? Yeah. Wow. I got got the shot yesterday and uh, then went home and took a nap. I had a headache. I don't know if I always get headaches, so I get migraines all the time. So I had a migraine yesterday. I don't know if that was the reason for the migraine, but it's probably the weather changes. I actually think it was probably Brett Jensen. It could have been Brett Jensen. Yeah, he gives me migraines. And then I, uh, well, first of all, when you get the shot, I went and got the shot. There are about five other people waiting six feet from each other, sitting down in the drugstore. Took the shot, and then you have to wait 15 minutes my drugstore, there's one clerk at the drugstore that I've been giving grief to for 20 years. I always tell her she's mean to me, and <laughs> I refuse to let her give me the shot because she would have really stuck it in. But you don't feel the shot at all. 
there's no no pain whatsoever. You don't even know it happened. But then last night, I went to bed at 8.30. 8.30. I don't know if the shot made me sleepy or if I was just tired anyway. And I, woke, I almost overslept this morning. But I'm feeling fine. Feeling good. And so you go back in two weeks? Four weeks. Four weeks. Okay. Wait a month. All right. I got I don't even know what kind of shot I got. I got the shot. You need two shots. I don't know if it was uh, it one, the Johnson Johnson one. Which no, I Johnson and Johnson is one. Yeah, I would have preferred to have that, to tell you the truth. But uh, anyway, I feel good about it. I feel good that I've got a shot. My wife's got one shot, and I've got one shot. I, I, my wife got a shot. I took her to Independence Boulevard two weeks ago. So she's got another two weeks to wait. You wait a month in between the shots. Four weeks. So I'll be getting a shot around Easter Monday time period. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right around the So uh, I'm going to be safer to be around, hopefully. A personally, a partially vaccinated Pat McCrory And there was no today. media there for my shot. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do a press release. I didn't do a Facebook. I didn't do a Zoom. Well, you did what you should have done. I did what I should have done. Took, you broke the news shot. on your show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> of course, breaking the news to me is, hey, Bo, by the way. Yeah, that was, I, I just weekend. told you. I just, we just, and you said you got to lead with that. <laughs> yes. I don't Not only know. do you lead with that, you do. You know, we found out, uh, we found out though, we're going to talk about in just a few minutes, uh, some new guidelines, right? That's right. Some new guidelines. CDC guidance for vaccinated people. Now, this is for fully vaccinated people, so you have to wait four weeks before this applies to you. Oh. Actually, you have to wait, I think, uh, actually... Six weeks, because you have to. There has to be some time in between your second hey, dosage. They're, they're just guessing. Come on. But uh, so this was. I have to wait two weeks after I get my last shot. Correct. So not not three weeks, not one week, but two weeks. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'll, there's some science behind that. But I'll tell you what you can look forward to mm-hmm. in about six weeks when we come back. And we also, as you said, uh, as you mentioned in the tease, uh, we have a special guest coming up at 835. Yeah, we've got a big contro- another controversy stewing in Mecklenburg County. The politicians, primarily the uh, city of Charlotte, wants to have a new sales tax for transit, arts, and roads, and parks. And uh, you've got the small towns, what we used to call the small towns, which are now small cities, in uh Mecklenburg County, who are basically going, no, we don't want it. So uh, we're going to give you an update on should you have a new sales tax in uh, Mecklenburg County. And the mayor and city council want you to. They haven't officially voted on it, but they're definitely leaning that way. In addition to uh, not wanting to have single-family zoning, they want to have a sales tax. So we're going to talk about that with Mayor John Anna. Welcome back to the partially vaccinated Pat McCrory show. Yep. I'm healthier than you are now. It's official. I'm healthier than the Boy Scout. You're just hurt. You're sore from walking through the beautiful National Forest, the Yurari National Forest. Is that right? That's right. Did you get lost? No. Boy Scouts don't get lost. (laughs) 
kind of defeats the point, right? Except you go out the into radio, the wilderness. Except on the radio, you get lost occasionally. <laughs> lost from what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, look, uh, so you got the vaccination or mm-hmm. you got the first booster yesterday. Mm-hmm. That means you have you go back in four weeks. Yeah, four weeks. And they say in another seven days, eight days, I'll be 80 percent covered in my, with my first shot. Well, it's uh, it's good timing that this happens because yesterday the CDC offered new guidance mm. for vaccinated people. Mm. So once you are fully vaccinated, they say uh, the following. Mm-hmm. Fully vaccinated people may start to visit other vaccinated people indoors without masks or physical distancing. Wow. Wow. Fully vaccinated people may start to visit indoors with unvaccinated people from a single household without masks or physical distancing if the unvaccinated people are at low risk for severe disease. Let me write this down. <laughs> this is this is who wrote this, man. You this could have is, made a little simple. Are there pictures that go along with this? Uh, probably, but I don't have them in. Well, I need it's the, radio. I so. need the pictures. Okay, what else? CDC guidance says fully vaccinated people may start or may skip quarantine and testing if exposed to someone who has COVID nineteen but are asymptomatic, but they should monitor for symptoms for fourteen days. Hmm. 14 days, not 13 days, but 14 days. Right. Okay, I just want to make sure I got that right. 14 days. Mm-hmm. That's scientific. 14 days. Not 15 days, 14 days. Okay. And that's the guidance, those that's three it. things. You know, another guidance that we should have had all along since the beginning of this thing, we just found out that 75% of the people that were hospitalized for covid who had to go to the hospital, which is the main reason we shut down everything. Remember, the main reason we shut down businesses was what? Was you remember? To, to protect at-risk and, and you know older people. No, 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 no. You're the to, Boy 14 Sc- days to stop the spread. No, the Boy Scout is wrong. The reason, to flatten the curve. To flatten the curve. There you go. See, I was building towards We're it. We're to flatten the curve to make sure we wouldn't have a steep curve where the hospitals would be overwhelmed. 14 days to stop the spread. That was why we shut down everything. And now we're finding out, which we've, we've known this for a year, that the main people who are having to go to the hospital first are the elderly. But 75% of the people that had to go to the hospital to deal with COVID were overweight. They weren't Boy Scouts. They were overweight. If you're a Boy Scout, you're not overweight because you're hiking. But if you're overweight. So I asked the very difficult political question, which I Stated almost a year ago when we said, why aren't we just quarantining the elderly who are primarily the ones dying, sadly dying from this disease? Quarantine them and let everyone else go. And now we're finding out 75% of the people who had to be hospitalized were overweight. So why didn't our rules mainly apply to the elderly and those people that are overweight as opposed to everyone else? I know that sounds cruel. But it's logical. I know it's not fair, but it is fair. <laughs> it's it's the it's the eighty twenty rule. You know, Vilfredo Pareto. Remember, I explained this to you almost a year ago. I, who was Vilfredo Pareto? 
Oh, you don't I remember. remember. I, I know you I, went to Davidson. Did you I remember the conversation. You do. You didn't remember. Vilfredo Pareto, he was an Italian economist who said that 80% of the wealth is controlled by 20% of the people. So, therefore, we ought to be – our economic policies should not be directed toward those who control 80% of the wealth. We need to help the other people. And it was called the 80-20 rule after Vilfredo Pareto. Vilfredo Pareto. <laughs> and you've already forgotten this. You went to Davidson. Vilfredo Pareto, the 80-20 rule. So why didn't we play the why didn't we apply the 80-20 rule to this virus? And we didn't do it because of politics. It wasn't fair. Because if we said people who were overweight couldn't go to the movie theaters, that wouldn't be fair. It's not their fault. Or if people who were over 80 couldn't go to the movie theaters or go shopping. That's not fair. But it would have been best for society because we would have kept the economy going. And we wouldn't be given $1.9 trillion for a second relief bill, which I would say is unfair, too, because much of the money is going toward people who don't need it. You don't even... I, I had the answers over a year ago for this. And people like you just didn't listen. You were too busy making hiking plans for your son. You Eagle Scouts. I'm glad you said it correctly doesn't, there. doesn't that make sense? People that are overweight, and we've been saying this all year, we found out most of the people who are, who are going to the hospital are overweight. We've known this. We finally saw a statistic right now, right when we're getting all the shots, that 75%. Of the people who went to hospitals are overweight. It, I'm not blaming them. I'm not being cruel to them. I'm not fat shaming them. Shaming them. I'm just stating the fact. So why didn't we apply our rules to the people in which the virus was doing the most harm? Mandy Moore, where were you, Mandy Moore? You knew these statistics, Cohen. Whatever. Where were you? Both Donald Trump and Joe Biden and and everyone else who's been heading this up, the stats have been right there, especially Dr. Fauci. Where have you been? You've known these stats all along, but you didn't want to offend anybody. The PC police wouldn't allow us to state the medical facts. What was that? Was that some PC police call to you saying, uh, take him off the air? That was... Another email saying, "What is this on the air right now?" <laughs> I'm getting a memo. I'm getting and then another a memo. one said, "I'm getting a memo." Vilfredo Pareto. Vilfredo um, Pareto's greatest hits. I've got a memo from a corporate here. Yeah. Quit shaming people who are overweight. You're on double secret probation <laughs> as it is. In fact, right now the HR, you know, the VP of HR. She's 25 years old. How she got to be vice president of HR is beyond me, but she's at the window right now at the studio holding up HR policy, 18.5. You cannot make disparaging remarks against people who are overweight. Did I make a disparaging remark? I did not. Hey, TJ, can you put the stick through the door so she, the head of HR doesn't walk in. Why do the heads of HR all look the same now? At every corporation, they all look the same. We need some diversity in HR. 
By the way, David from Asheville is overweight. He refuses to admit he has that gut. Oh, he has the gut. ponytail, and he's balding, and he's that, that Grateful Dead T-shirt's too small, mm-hmm. and it kind of folds over his little belly there. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Well, coming up, sales we Ma- tax. We have Mayor John Anarella. Well, one of the controversies that's under the radar screen at this point in time in the city of Charlotte is not the homeless camps. It's not the uh, school closings that uh, still continue in Mecklenburg County, and it's uh, also not even some of the controversy going on in the city of Charlotte regarding some zoning policies, eliminating residential zoning. The policy that's not being talked about is a proposal by the mayor and city council to have a half-cent sales tax referendum coming up either this year or next year. And uh, it's to be a Mecklenburg County tax voted on by the people. It's got to be approved by the legislature to allow us to do that. And the small towns, where it used to be the small towns, I call them small cities now, have to be involved in this decision. And one person is John Anarella, the mayor of Huntersville, North Carolina. John, mayor, glad to have you on the line. Uh, happy to be here, but I have to correct you. Oh, it's more than a half cent. What is it? One percent. One percent. One percent sales tax. That's a lot of money. That would be uh, over fifteen percent tax increase to the citizens of Huntersville. They don't mention fifteen percent, do they? Uh, a one no, cent tax never. increase is not sound bad. A fifteen percent tax increase increase in your taxes and sales sounds bad. And and listen, I helped implement a half cent sales tax for transit back in '98, I believe. But adding on another sense to it, it's a pretty radical move. Tell us where you are on this and where the towns are and what's the next step, because there's very little publicity on this at this point in time. Well, I mean, we've been paying this tax for 23 years mm-hmm. up in North Mecklenburg and twice have been promised that the red line would be going to North Mech, uh, the second line. Uh, after the first, which was the blue line mm-hmm. uh, that uh, is in the south end. Uh, each time we do a study, they spend millions of dollars on a study, uh, and it says, uh, yeah, this is a great place, but the problem has been Norfolk Southern has never allowed us to have access to that line and continues to this day to state that their policy is completely against uh, sharing this line with uh, passenger rail. I remember that back when I was mayor. They do not want to talk about it. They do not want to have uh, passenger rail any near anywhere near freight. Yeah, I talked directly with the head of government relations for this area from Norfolk Southern last week, and he reiterated uh, that stance. So the bottom line is, why would North Mecklenburg residents want to participate in a 1% sales tax as the majority of revenue will go to the city of Charlotte. And my board is 100% uh, behind voting against uh, the uh, 1% sales tax. So we're going to bring it up at our board meeting on Monday and pass a resolution against this sales tax. And I believe the other smaller communities around Charlotte uh, will do something similar. Well, one thing that I, you know, I helped form the Metropolitan Transit Commission, which you're a member of, I've never understood how the city of Charlotte is uh, 
now involved in a streetcar without approval from the MTC because resources from the transit organization are being used for the streetcar. And part of my promise to the voters back in 98 and again during the recall of the transit tax was to ensure that all only sales tax money could be used for future transit. And I know they're spending millions upon millions of dollars on that streetcar, which I vetoed when I was mayor, and that veto was overridden by uh, Anthony Fox at the time. I've asked for an accounting of uh, how much time is spent from the CEO all the way down of CATS employees on the gold line, and I can never seem to get that. In addition, uh, a lot of people don't understand that uh, Mecklenburg County residents actually subsidize uh, Union County and uh, Fort Mill and Gaston County residents with our half-cent sales tax uh, to help them with their bus service. And I asked, why are we doing that? <laughs> that wasn't part of the deal either. Part of the deal was uh, if you pay, you play with the surrounding Correct. counties. That was a line I used often. We want to work with you, and we'll participate with you because we benefit once it gets in the sign. But you've got to show – you've got to pay something to do it. Right, and the current plan has the silver line going to Gaston County as well as uh, Union County. And the last time I checked, neither of those counties passed any transit tax to help support this. Some things never change, do they, John Anarella? No. <laughs> it no. hadn't I mean, changed it, since it, I left. I mean, that was part of the deal. We'd Iredell County would have to join in, or Gaston County would have to join in, or Union County would have to join in. And by the way, part of the plan, initial plan, was a busway down Independence Boulevard, and I understand now they're looking at light rail. Yeah, and that's that's another thing. I mean, light rail is completely different than what we're promised, which is commuter rail, which would only – happen a few times in the morning and a few times in the evening. So when they do polls uh, up here, they don't mm-hmm. really clarify <laughs> what I would like, what the differences are. Well, that's clearly uh, a heavy rail line. Train coming through their uh, downtown. That was the case when I did the referendum. I clearly stated that's a heavy rail line. You'd have a couple of routes in the morning and a couple in the afternoon, and that's it. That was always the case with a heavy rail line. Right, but I don't think when they look at when you look at the polling, and I've I've seen some polling and asked them to have more specifics in the questions, which they didn't do. Right, uh, you know, to the point where I'd asked, well, did you ask specifically, would you be willing to pay a hundred hundred and fifty dollars a person more each year for a rail that is most likely not going to come any time in your lifetime? <laughs> of course, they didn't do that. Yeah, that's called a uh, slanted poll, <laughs> yeah. a weighted poll, uh, a bias poll, which is misleading uh, to the public when they fill out the poll. So what what are the next steps? And first of all, this has got to get through the state legislature. Um, I heard this, the state legislature, well, the state will only be required to put 10% of the money in as opposed to 25% of the money, and that's the compromise with the state. But that's still a big Big uh, chunk of money for the state when the DOT short of money at the state level right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the first thing is that you know we've had numerous meetings amongst the mayors in the area, and there really isn't a lot of support for uh, the one cent sales tax. So I think it's time for the boards to step up and do the same, and then do something at the MTC level where we actually go out and vote 
whether we support it or not. And I think that'll send a clear message not only to the legislature, but also to the county commission. Well, the MTC, is it's one vote for the city, one vote for the county, and one vote for each of the towns. It's not a weighted vote like the uh, MPO is. Correct. So you could do that very easily, and that would probably send a very strong message to the state delegation uh, in Raleigh. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of my plan. I've talked to a lot of the mayors uh, this week, um, and you know, I think there's a, a decent amount of support because you know, there's really not a lot in this for any of the surrounding t- towns and communities. Hey, real quick, in the remaining minute, how much, what else is, they've thrown some other sweeteners in this uh, one-cent sales tax, which was unlike the last, the half-cent sales tax. We said it was strictly for transit. We told exactly where the money was going, where the lines were. Where, what else have they thrown in this? And they're kind of sweeteners. They have a tradition of doing this. They did this with an arts one time. Right. Well, they're talking about carve-outs of a certain percentage, 30% of the total revenue generated can go towards uh, multiple types of transit improvements, including road improvements. But my point back to them is if I wanted to tax my citizens in Huntersville, then why wouldn't I just go directly to the legislature, get whatever the quarter or half cent sales tax, and have 100% yeah. stay in my community? Although I don't think the dilute it, yeah. uh, you know, with 70% going to Charlotte projects, 30% we'd have to compete against. Yeah, and actually, I mean, though, I don't think, know, think the, we, yeah, I don't think the state does it outside the counties. And I think it has to go through the counties, if my recollection is right. Right, but the, the problem is, Pat, we can't even get bus stop enhancements up here. Uh, we've been fighting for for four years, five years, even though there's actually a carve out of money that's supposed to be dedicated to those. Uh, so you know, it, it, I, I, a, I, a trust factor here too. I think you've got some fair questions and fair concerns, and uh, we'll have you back on, Mayor. Appreciate it. Uh, again, most people don't know about this at this point in time, but it's uh, there's going to be a big campaign. <laughs> That's what I hear, but I want to try to kill it before it gets going. Welcome back to the Pat McCrory Show. A couple of programming notes. Tomorrow's show in the 8 o'clock hour at 8.20, the return of U.S. Senator Tom Tillis. And then right after that conversation, eight thirty-five tomorrow, the return of of uh, Congressman Richard Hudson. Richard Hudson, who was my campaign manager back in two thousand eight, he said if he uh, would have had a decent candidate, I would have been governor in two thousand eight. <laughs> <laughs> so we look forward to having both on the show tomorrow. Look forward to getting some updates on. Uh, We're going to talk about the next hour, some of the voter restrictions that the Republicans are imposing on the general public, the way the media spends it. I'm going to spin it a different way with the facts. But we've got another issue right now, right, Bo Thompson? That's right. Uh, Tonight, uh, CMS School Board will reconvene, and there is uh, a lot of speculation that they will – well, we know there's, there's going to be a vote tonight. Mm. Uh, because I talked to uh, school board member Rhonda Cheek last hour. Mm. Uh, so there will be a vote on something tonight. They're going to discuss possibilities of um, maybe adding more students to the in-person plan, mm. uh, maybe as early as next week. This is wow. this week we're in right now is the 
third rotation of the final group of students back in school, the uh, middle schoolers and high schoolers. And so uh, tonight they're going to revisit how things may be from next week on, and we'll see if they make any tweaks. Wow. They're going to vote on something. That's courageous. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is ridiculous. Look at the number of people looking leaving the Charlotte-Mecklenburg school system. When will the school system and the school board wake up and realize people are selecting an alternative choice other than Charlotte-Mecklenburg schools, even as this area is booming? I mean, look at all the cranes. Look at all the houses going up. And yet, the school population is actually going down. People are leaving the school system in droves, and it's because of this lack of action. By the school system and our school superintendent and the school board. With all due respect, they work their tails off. But they are sitting on their hands while Union County's been in in place since August. Since August. Private schools have been going on strong. That's because the unions control our school board. They control our school board like they control the governor. And yeah, they're canceling proms now while allowing football games. Tell me the science of that. They can tackle each other, but they can't dance with each other. Does that make sense? You can tackle each other in a football game, but you can't dance with each other at a prom. That's the idiotic policies that we have in North Carolina right now coming out of Roy Cooper's office and coming out of the Charlotte-Mecklenburg school system. And they wonder why people are moving to Union County or to South Carolina or Lincoln County or Cabarrus County or Stanley County. I hate it. I hate it because we need a strong school system here. And the Chamber of Commerce is asleep right now. They got to get active in the school policy. Reopen our schools now. L.A. unions just telling their members, quits teacher members, Bo, they sent out a note to all the teachers in L.A., just Mm -hmm. like it should be in Charlotte, too. Quit sending pictures of you being on vacation from the beaches. Stop it. (laughs) While you're saying schools are too dangerous, apparently the beach parties are not too dangerous. We are approaching 9 o'clock here on the Pat McCrory Show. Hour number two is coming up. Don't forget... That means the big finish next hour, too, 704-374-3800. This is News Talk 1110-993-WBT and the WBT mobile app. I'll treat you with good old-fashioned common sense and nothing else. Movement of everyday Americans from every walk of life. Now we've got momentum. This is the tipping point. Now we've got a movement. This is 300-level college education. Exercise of common sense. Time to play the game! This is expensive stuff that you're getting for free on the Pat McCrory Show. This is common sense. This is part of the movement of common sense. 14 years as Charlotte Mayor. Governor of the Tar Heel State, Pat McCrory. Me now, North Carolina Governor, Pat McCrory. Governor, thank you so much for being here. Speaking so, of this now with North Carolina Governor, Pat McCrory. Four years as NC Governor. All right, meet the press Sunday. Get some rest between now and then. You've had a late night, so did I. <laughs> well, Bose does all the work. Anyway. Oh, gosh. Oh, you're kidding. 
killing me. WBT presents Dale Falwell, the man who tells the truth. I've heard of bow time a lot. I've just never heard of Pat time. I've been oh, looking around you on know. That. <laughs> Gosh. The Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson. Driven by Felix Sabatis, Mercedes-Benz of South Charlotte. That's right. Back in the uh, chair number two today, along with the governor, the partially vaccinated governor, Pat McCrory. Yeah, I'm safer than the Boy Scout, Bo Thompson, right now to be around because I'm going to be within a week, supposedly, I'm going to be 80% safer than Bo Thompson. I think that's a new phrase for this show, 80% safer than Bo Thompson. Just in general? <laughs> well, that's that's great, though. I mean, so you, yeah. you got a chance to, to get the, the first shot yesterday. Yeah, yeah. and that's going to be good because I'd like to see my nephew's kids. They have all these kids in my neighborhood, and they've been real strict about not only myself visiting them, but my brother and, and the parents visiting. You know, a lot of families aren't getting together like they used to, so I miss seeing my uh, other members of my extended family. And so the so, shot will help do that. So tell us about the shot. What was the process like? Went into the drugstore. Uh, they said, fill out a form. I had to fill out about a two-page form on whether I have side effects of shots, if I'm sick, things of that nature. Took me a minute to fill out the form. Signed the form. Waited for about five minutes. Got the shot. Had to wait 15 minutes after the shot to make sure it didn't have any side effects. And then I left and I'm doing good this morning. I did take a couple of naps yesterday. I don't know if it was because of the shot or what, but I did. I did have a headache. Some people's, but I get headaches all the time. I get migraines. So, and they say the second shot, more people react to the second shot. Most people aren't reacting to either shot, but if there are reactions, a shot maybe a a slight fever or something. It's usually the second shot. They say they're getting more feedback on. And so you go back for the second booster in four weeks. Yeah, Easter weekend, I believe. That'll Easter be Easter weekend, weekend in, uh, in April. So, uh, you know, I'm glad I got it. I'm glad I got it. So when are you planning to get yours? You're not, you're not a, uh, a person in a job that's – you don't I'm meet not, the requirement. I thought news met the requirement, a news person. Uh, I think certain some media uh, members who are out – you know, reporting. Jen, Jensen was bragging to me that he can get a shot. Yeah, I think that's because Jensen is is out in the field reporting, uh, which is not what I do. I'm obviously anchoring and in studio, so I, I am not eligible yet. But when it's time, I will go get mine, like you did. And I'm glad you got yours. That's that's good news, and uh, hopefully, uh, no complications and everything goes well. And then, in well, what? Uh, I'm in. You know, I'm still going in front of a lot of people. In fact, I didn't tell you I was up at Lake Jimmy in McDowell County uh, this past weekend, and I went to go speak to a, a Republican group in Marion, North Carolina, and then I drove to Asheville and spoke to a group there. And it was great seeing a lot of old friends up in Asheville. I did not. David did not come to hear my speech. I was kind of irritated by that. That. David from Asheville wasn't there unless he was maybe standing in the back. I did catch a little odor in the room <laughs> from a smoke. I hope he wasn't there. Um, Come on, if it was in Asheville, he was there. Of course, it could. It was in Asheville, period. So, uh, but I felt very uncomfortable because it was a basement of a church with about 150 people, 
And uh, some of them were wearing masks and some of them weren't wearing masks. And then a lot of people were, you know, coming up and hugging me and want, uh, taking pictures and so forth and so on. So I'm glad I got a shot. I'm glad I got a shot. Well, and uh, speaking of masks, uh, big headline from yesterday, new CDC guidance, no mask required uh, with groups of fully vaccinated people uh, and, and people who are not high risk. Uh, so uh, this is the first real change to the uh, vaccination guidance that we've seen since the mass vaccination uh, uh, process started you know, uh, within the last couple of months and uh, stands to reason that it will will get more uh, intel about this in the days to come. And I'm sure they'll they'll adjust things further. And there are two people I want to thank. I want to thank uh, President Trump and Vice President Biden. I'm sorry, President Trump. And I do want to thank Biden, but I also want to thank Vice President Pence, mm-hmm. who headed up the task force. And Remember, just in November and December, right, or in uh, October and November, the president was saying we're probably going to get start these shots in January, and CNN and other members of the media just mocked it, said there's no way these shots are going to be available, and here it is in uh, March, April, March 9th. It might be done by May. Now Biden's taking all the credit for it, but. Frankly, these private sector companies ought to take most credit for it, but also President Trump and Vice President Pence deserve a lot of credit for this. Well, and you bring up Vice President Pence. Mm -hmm. Hold that thought, because when we come back, I want to get your reaction to uh, a big story yesterday regarding when Vice President Pence or former Vice President Pence will reemerge he has he has marked his place where he all that talk about president trump returning to the spotlight at cpac uh last weekend now we know when pre, when vice president pence is going to make his first big speech since leaving office and uh, wait till you hear where this is the pat mccrory show with bo thompson on news talk 1110 99.3 wpt Welcome back at 921. A couple of things to put on your radar here. Programming note tomorrow on the Pat McCrory Show. Going to be an action-packed 8 o'clock hour, 820. The return of U.S. Senator Tom Tillis. And then right after that, 835, the return of Congressman Richard Hudson. And also this hour, as always, your chance to chime in about anything and everything. 704-374-3800. The Big Finish queue is populating as we speak governor Any, anything else tomorrow that i need to know about 945 beatles reunion anything uh, else i mean any other big announcements uh not at the moment ringo but I and paul mccartney right here uh, ringo may be uh, in the nine o'clock hour tomorrow and def leopard coming in uh, can be arranged with the rip blue jeans yeah i can work on it so speaking of uh, trying to figure out how to get back on the scene, kind of like Def Leppard's trying to figure out how to be relevant again. I think you're the first person to use Def Leppard and Mike Pence in the same sentence Well, today. you just threw in Mike Pence. Yeah, Mike well, Pence. I mean, is. What do you do when you're vice president of the United States and your boss is defeated, both you and your boss are defeated on the ticket, and how do you reemerge? When your next goal was to be president of the United States, because that's the typical thing to do. After your president gets elected to the second term, you're the next person in line. Well, this is a very awkward circumstance for Mike Pence, especially considering that he voted against uh, 
were in favor of the certification of the electoral ballots from each state against his boss's wishes, mm-hmm. what do you do? Well, do you believe that there has been a conversation in private between Trump and Pence since all of that? Well, the conversations I've heard about, yes, there has been conversations. I'm not sure how warm it was. And there's also been conver- – the only other big conversation was be- between uh, – President Trump and former Senator Perdue of Georgia. And right mm-hmm. after that conversation, Senator Perdue announced that he wasn't going to run for re-election as a senator after he lost that close runoff. And he was planning to before he met with President Trump. So I'm not sure how good that meeting went. And apparently behind the scenes, they were maybe blaming each other for what happened in Georgia. So... I'm not sure what the relationship is between Vice President Mike Pence, who I know extremely well, and I have a great Mm -hmm. deal of respect for him. But you have Mike Pence, and you have Nikki Haley, and you have the governor of South Carolina, I mean, South Dakota, and others who are all positioning themselves for 24, including Donald Trump. Well, and Nikki Haley, uh, we know where she stands as it relates to President Trump now. Uh, She has broken with President Trump uh, following what happened on January 6th. Now, uh, she's one of the biggest stars in South Carolina. And uh, that's that leads us to the news item from yesterday regarding former Vice President Pence. Uh, It was announced that Mike Pence will uh, keynote a dinner hosted by the Palmetto Family Council. That's a conservative Christian nonprofit group in South Carolina. So he will return to the political stage on April 29th in Columbia. His first speech post-vice presidency will be in the state of South Carolina. Well, sooner or later, you're going to have this uh, potential conflict, political conflict between Nikki Haley and Mike Pence. Whether without uh, President Trump in the current circumstances we're in. So, you know, it's kind of ironic. Nikki and Mike and I all served as governors together and, and were very, very cordial. But you saw the positioning for the presidency, even at the time I was leaving the governor's office, for 2024. Um, so this is what's happening right now. And there will be other people that will come in that we we're not even talking about today. And you're seeing kind of a unique thing going on in Florida between my friend Rick Scott, who uh, is heading up the Senate reelect campaign for 22, and then Ron DeSantos, the current governor of Florida, is now being mentioned as a potential presidential nominee for 24. So you're going to see a whole line of people lining up for the presidency of 24, but they're all going, well, what's what's Donald Trump going to do? Are you surprised that Pence picked South Carolina to reemerge? No. South Carolina is a major primary state. There's Iowa, New Hampshire, then South Carolina. That's where Joe Biden won the primary. Exactly. Joe Biden was out until he won South Carolina. And South yeah, Carolina, he would not be president right now without South Carolina. Absolutely not. He was dead. He was dead. Not literally dead, politically dead. Mm-hmm. Now, he's going to go on TV coming up shortly. He's going to do a speech, which no one will watch because it will be so boring. And the goal will be for him will be to get through the speech real, reading a teleprompter. So the speech that you are talking about is uh, coming up this week on Thursday night, March 11th. 
primetime address. That'll be his first presidential primetime address, and it is to con- coincide with uh, the day last year, March 11th, where things started shutting down. The NBA suspended the ACC tournament, which starts today, uh, it shut things down in progress last year, and other things followed suit. But that was the day when uh, I think we all started seeing the writing on the wall with where where this pandemic was going to at least start to lead us. Well, what he's going to do is spike the ball. He's going to spike the ball and take credit for all the shots being implemented today. Unless he had become president, it wouldn't be happening, which is just not true. Do you think he'll mention President Trump? No. Absolutely not. He will talk about, he'll talk about the shots, and then he'll throw in the stimulus package that he just passed for $1.9 trillion, in which 80% of it has nothing to do with this, with the uh, the virus. Nothing to do with the virus. And, and where the money should be going to is those people in industries that were primarily impacted by this virus, and that's the tra- anyone close to the travel and tourism industry. Now, other see, you other said- people are doing fine. He's given, he's given money to government workers who haven't lost their job. But you said spike the ball. That's why I asked the question, do you think Trump will be mentioned uh, good or bad, but just mentioned, period? No. Okay. No. Do you want to Do you want to place some money on this one? No, I'm, I'm not saying I disagree with you. I just wondered what you thought. No. Uh, he's going to spike the ball, take credit for the tremendous progress that they've made for the first six months, and then he'll promote some future legislation in the future. And he'll take full credit, and his staff's going to take full credit, and the media's going to give him the credit for it. He's on a honeymoon. He's been on a honeymoon. And that money who honeymoon might last forever. But I'm telling you, Joe, our president, is not looking well. And his dogs are even now attacking people at the White House. Yeah, there's a story on that. We'll, have, we'll get to that coming up uh, in our next. Welcome back to the Pat McCrory Show here on WBT. Still to come, the big finish, 704-374-3800. Your chance to chime in every day. Uh, one leftover thing from our last segment, we were talking about Mike Pence. Governor, I don't know if you've heard this, though. Uh, we mentioned that Mike Pence is going to reemerge in uh, later April in South Carolina, making his first speech post-White House. But uh, this also announced yesterday that Mike Pence will narrate a four-part documentary honoring Rush Limbaugh's life and legacy for uh, Fox Nation, which is uh, Fox's streaming service. That will debut on March 10th, so tomorrow. So you've talked a lot about the fact that uh, you have a relationship with uh, Mike Pence, and, and we've pointed out that he used to do radio, too, before he got into politics. And so uh, there's another place you'll be able to hear Mike Pence uh, sooner than actually the South Carolina speech. Uh, maybe, maybe he's not going to go back into politics. Maybe he'll re-enter radio with the vacancy of uh, Rush Limbaugh due to his uh, uh, sad death and passing. We all miss Rush, but Mike comes from radio. That's how he got into politics. So it's going to be interesting if Mike goes into the media at all. Now, uh, I wasn't here yesterday, but I understand you gave an update on on Mo, your dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, and- Mo's, Mo's hanging in there. We put him through acupuncture on Friday. And, you know, he's 13 years old. He's a 100-pound dog, lab mix, rescue dog, boxer. Most beautiful dog, best dog in the whole world. He used to be the first dog of Charlotte. And now I'm reading that the first dogs of the United States that the Bidens were bragging about are having a little problems at the White House and been kicked out of the White House. Yeah, 
President uh, Biden's two German shepherds, who are, by the way, rescue yeah. dogs, mm-hmm. Champ and Major, mm-hmm. were taken home to Delaware last week, according to Yahoo mm-hmm. uh, Entertainment, following aggressive behavior that involved mm-hmm. the younger dog. Uh, and according to the report, the dogs were were removed from the White House after a biting incident mm. with Major and a security member. The security member's injuries and condition are not clear at mm. this time, and it's unclear also if the dogs will remain in Delaware indefinitely or will they come back to Washington, D.C. This brings back memories of old Mo Man when I took him to the executive mansion in Raleigh for the first time. Uh, Mo, uh, within 10 minutes, Took two, killed two squirrels in the in a yard there, and brought him inside. And then he cornered one of the security people because the security person was trying to get the squirrel out of his mouth. And uh, yeah, I had some similar issues with Big Bow Man. And plus, the mansions we have so many visitors at the executive mansion, like they have at the White House, and workers too. That you, you got to make sure the dog can adapt to it. And it was a big change for Mo at the time, too, in Raleigh. And we ended up keeping Mo in, in Charlotte also. We didn't make a major announcement of it. <laughs> but, you know, the Bidens were really showing off their dogs at the mansion, saying these are the first dogs at the White House for several decades. But now it doesn't look like it's uh, working out too well. And, I, you know, I don't, the dogs, it's a tough environment for dogs. So Mo had the, we had a fence too that would open up, you know, as cars would come by, and Mo could have escaped too. And so Mo's Mo's a pretty assertive dog, and he can scare kids. Um, he can't now because he he can barely he's having a tough time moving. He can't run anymore. But yeah, I feel sorry for the German Shepherd. He's an older German Shepherd. He's he's like twelve years old too. He's an older dog that's not used to all these people around him, and I'm rather it's. It shakes up a dog. Man, I feel for the dog. So how did you decide, or were there already rules in place about where Mo could go and what areas of the of the mansion were, <laughs> Mo decided, were his? It wasn't our decision. It was Mo's decision. Okay, well, that so but, you just basically said free reign? No, no. That was another problem we had because the governor lives on the second floor, and the first floor is open to the public. So... It's pretty hard to let the, you know, have a dog door on the second floor with 17-foot ceilings. <laughs> it would be quite a, quite a drop for him to go out the dog door. That's true. And then hanging around the kitchen with all the food downstairs and all the inmates that you're serving and all the security that you're feeding, it was it was, it was was pretty tough on Mo Man. Um, and so then the did. squirrels outside, they were kind of spoiled. They were used to being left alone. And then, you know, Mo gets two of them on the first day. <laughs> and then when I traveled, I had no one to take care of Mo. So Ann and Ann was often traveling or here, and so you know it would be controversial if I started having someone at the mansion have to take care of Mo, and they'd say, "Oh, taxpayers taking care of Mo." So what happened? Mo came back to Charlotte, and we'd have security in front of the door at Charlotte, sitting in their car. A guy named Randy, one of the greatest security people ever. We miss him dearly. He lives in Charlotte now. But Mo would sit in the back of Randy's SUV all day long. (laughs) (laughs) Randy would lay down the front seat, and uh, Mo would stretch out in the back seat with his paws on the front seat. He got, my dog got so spoiled. The security people loved, uh, loved Mo. 
Was and there they, someone uh, that was assigned to Mo specifically? No. Well, no. Whoever's around the house, they would, they'd play with him and occasionally walk him. And a lot of the women in the neighborhood, with all due respect, fell in love with Randy. They loved Randy and Mo, <laughs> And they'd all be waiting for Randy to walk Mo occasionally. And they'd all go, hey, Randy. And then two days later, after I got beat, I'm walking Mo, And they, they go, hey. And then they go, oh, it's you. They thought it was Randy. <laughs> was that movie Turner and Hooch? Yeah. Remember that? I mean, really, the, the, the women in my neighborhood fell in love with, you know, this Randy these 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 guys are studs. They look good in a uniform, and I warned all the husbands in my neighborhood about Randy and several of the other troopers. <laughs> <laughs> it was well, a running joke. I loved my troopers. I mean, I'm, I I still miss them to this day. Uh, they became close friends for four years, but Mo missed him more than anything uh, in Charlotte. Here, hey, uh, real quick uh, mm-hmm. today. Back in Greensboro. I can't believe we just talked about that. <laughs> hey, Mo, what did you think of that story? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. You miss Randy. He he misses Randy and Kayla and everyone else. Mm. Hey, look, a squirrel. Yeah. So the ACC's coming. ACC tournament returns to Greensboro today. That's where it belongs in Greensboro. It I should always be agree. in Greensboro. Although uh, a close second would be Charlotte. You know, I was an usher and uh, in Greensboro during the uh, ACC tournament one year, and then the next year, 1974, I was a ball boy during the ACC tournament. You know, the, one of the kids, I was 17 years old, had long hair, and I sat underneath the basket and wiped off the floor and had all the basketballs. And that was when uh, McMillan and Lucas and Tommy Burleson and Monty Tao and, were playing. And uh, it was some of the greatest basketball in ACC history. And if you look at the old videos, you'll see some long-haired kid wiping off the floor during some of the play in one of the greatest championship games ever in ACC history in the old Greensboro Coliseum. So that was a great thrill for me at the age of 70, uh, in, at, in 1974 at the age of 17, being a ball boy during the ACC tournament. Quite a thrill. Which- which back then started on Friday. Of course, now there's so many teams. It starts yeah, on can, Tuesday. I think it's lost. It's too many teams, and it's lost its luster. Back then, it was you know Duke, Carolina, Wake State, Georgia Tech, Virginia, and that I mean it was just a small group, and the rivalry and the tickets were hard to get. It's lost some of its meaning, and plus, the only people who went the NCAA was the winner of that tournament. That's right. So Maryland had the number two ranked team in the nation. They were called the UCLA of the East, and they got beaten, I think, double overtime by uh, Tommy Burleson and Monty Tao. And, and Ten minutes in front of 10 o'clock here on WBT. Remember, you can listen to WBT on your Alexa device at home and at work. Just say, Alexa, play News Talk 1110 WBT, powered by Mark Spain Real Estate. And it is time for the big finish, 704-374-3800. Got lots of calls today. Uh, Fastest two hours in radio. It always ends with you, our loyal listeners. Hey, Pat. I heard Bo was up at Lake Jimmy clearing off a five-acre lot for his new house. (laughs) Good luck with that being neighbors. Next thing you know, it's going to be called Lake Bo. I tell (laughs) you. Yeah, I've heard those rumors that Bo is uh, moving there and building a mansion. Anything to be closer to you. I saw the Davidson flag on a dock the other day. Yeah. We're closing in on Patton, Bo, Nancy Shoemaker. I was doing volunteer work for the Republican Party at the old Republican.
Republican headquarters on Park Road down near the creek <laughs> in that office building mm -hmm. at the traffic light where Selwyn dead ends into Park Road. Mm -hmm. And someone told me that Gerald Ford would be there the next day in person to shake hands with staff and think, thank them. And I lived at the Villa Hermosa apartments across the street uh, uh, when I was single. I was in my early 30s, and I walked to the street and waited, and sure enough, a convertible pulled out that office building with Gerald Ford sitting in the back, and he came within two yards of me, and we waved at each other. Wow. Just, he waved at just me by myself. <laughs> wow. I lived at Villa Hermosa Apartments when I was single and age 20, right across from Giant Genie, which is now a shopping center with a Harris Teener. Mm -hmm. And Villa Hermosa is gone. It was torn down about four years ago. Some new apartments are there right next to the creek. Hey, it's great hearing from you. Good morning, Governor. I wanted to thank you for yesterday's show. Um, I thought Republicans were becoming extinct in Mecklenburg County, but um. And I'm enthused to think that maybe there is a revival of the party and of our and of our uh, values. Thanks again, and I hope um, I can contribute some way to getting our values out there again. Thank you. Oh, I was real impressed with the new leader of the party. She she's doing a great job. I love saying we don't want Charlotte to become Portland. Hey, yes. Uh, from what I've been hearing, uh, Mr. Biden is going to hold a presser there later on at the end of this month and the news media is making it sound like it should be a national holiday yeah, it probably <laughs> should be uh, let's just see how many follow-up questions he's going to get and how he's going to answer them yeah i guarantee you that the uh oprah winfrey interview will get much higher ratings well if he's talking about the thursday night thing because uh, you and I were talking about that earlier. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's not a press conference. That's an address. So yeah, he won't take they, questions. They, they are treating it like uh, it's a major announcement. Yeah, no, they are. But I know there won't be follow-up. No. He has yet to hold a press conference since he become president of the United States. Oh, McCrory, you're going to get in trouble with the word police. You said Chamber of Commerce. Oh. They changed their name. Oh. You didn't use the name they want you to say, oh. and it's going to offend them. Oh. oh. You're going to get in trouble oh. with the word police. Somebody help Governor McCroy oh. out. Help him learn the real name of whatever the Chamber of Commerce is. I'll, I'll do my apology tomorrow. <laughs> you don't want me to say it? No. Okay. Hey, Pat and Bo. Regarding the COVID vaccinations, I wonder how many South Carolina seniors got bumped off the COVID vaccine schedule so that all these younger, less susceptible people could be put on it. Here's why I asked that. I'm 67 years old and signed up in February, and the earliest date they could put me on the schedule was April 2nd. Hmm. The day after the governor announced the expansion of the vaccine program, mm -hmm. I got an email telling me my appointment was canceled due to a vaccine shortage, and they did not know when it would be rescheduled. I'd like to know what idiot decided to cancel senior vaccinations in order to give vaccines to 45-year-olds. Thank you, guys. That's news to me, and, and there isn't a shortage right now. In fact, a lot of people aren't showing up. If, if I would rec make a recommendation to you, I'd, I'd go to buy your drug stores to see if they have openings, because a lot of people aren't showing up. Yeah, and a lot of people who are in that younger category are getting them because they are told they need someone to come get them. Huh.
Huh. Hey, Governor Pat and Lieutenant Governor Bo. Oh. I was listening to Elton John's song, Rocket Man, yesterday. In it, a perfect line came up that I think you could insert whenever you play a quote from Dr. Fauci or even Mandy Moore or one of those other so-called health experts. The line goes, and all the science I don't understand, it's just my job five days a week. Well, those are two my, my two cents. Uh, if you're buying, take care. <laughs> a Bob Dylan caller. I think the Elton John concert was one of the last concerts we played here in Charlotte before the virus. It was just over a year ago that I saw one of the greatest concerts I've ever seen was Elton John here in Charlotte. And he sang this incredible song. I don't think we've had a concert since then. Hey, Governor. The idea of taking credit for another man's work goes back to the ancient Egyptians. When a new pharaoh came on the scene, one of the first things he did was he went around to the obelisk that had the old pharaoh's name on it, his accomplishments, and he had all that chiseled off, and he put his stuff on there and his name and his face. Yeah. So it's been going around like that for a long time. Anyway, listen, you and Bo do a great job. Enjoy the show. Thanks. Bye. I remember Jerry Orr and myself and my predecessors worked for 20 years to get all the plans and money for the third parallel runway and the extra concourse at the airport. It was completed about three weeks after I left the mayor's office where Anthony Fox did the ribbon cutting and took total credit for it and then became DOT secretary because that was his resume, the third parallel runway. And I was going, wow. So that's how you get a job in D.C. <laughs> With that, with the uh, wiping of the basketball uh, arena in Greensboro with the long hair, was that when David from Asheville came about? <sighs> we can't talk about that. I, I, I can't bring up what I was doing at age 17. Actually, I was a pretty straight guy at 17. I've always been a pretty straight guy. I have been boy a Boy Scout like That's Boy Thompson, oh, okay. like Bo. Boy Thompson. I mean, <laughs> boy Thompson. <laughs> It's <laughs> ah, a Freudian slip there. Now I was a pretty good kid. Everyone had long hair back in 74. The summer of 74. What a great year. Yeah, it's when I was born. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's a great place to stop. Oh. <laughs> oh I hate Bo Thompson. We'll be back tomorrow, folks. <laughs> Good to have you back, Big Boat. Thank you, sir. Good to be back.